If you have your Bible, we're going to be looking at um, Matthew chapter 8, verses 1 through 4. The purpose of this series, we started in um, February, has been to, to zero in on an attribute of Jesus and allow our minds to be gripped by who he is, allow our affections to respond to who he is. As I said when I opened the service, I'm confident that though this is not all there is to God and to Jesus, it is impossible to make too much of his love, mercy, grace, compassion. When I conclude reading the text, um, I'm going to say, this is the word of the Lord, and if you want, you can say, praise be to Christ, and if you don't want, that's fine too. When he came down from the mountain, great crowds followed him, and behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a proof to them. This is the word of the Lord. Praise be to Christ. I meant to pray before I read the text. So I'm going to pray now. Lord, would you help us to see you as clearly as our minds and imaginations can grasp your human and your divine face. Amen. Jesus sees this man. He sees his loneliness. He sees his sickness. And what's, what, what's essential, and I've said this a lot throughout the series, if you're getting tired of hearing it because you've learned it, good. Oh, that was way louder than I thought. <laughs> not really my style. If you're new to the church, I'm not a bang the table sort of a pastor. I could change, but currently that was very surprising to me. <laughs> Jesus' interaction with this man is not a passing thing. He's not reacting. He's acting out of who he is. When he sees this man and he acts with compassion, it's because he is compassionate. As I was studying this, um, I came across several authors, Jürgen Moltmann, is the one who said it most clearly, that it is more true to say that Jesus is actually showing us what the world is supposed to look like than to say he performed a miracle. It certainly is a miracle that Jesus drove back this man's sickness, but it is more true to say that everywhere Jesus went, the space around him began to be a space where he showed us what the world is supposed to look like, where she, he showed where everything that's not as it should be is rolled back and pushed away. How bodies are supposed to be, how society is supposed to be, not a society divided between those who are clean and those who are unclean. Those ritual, ritual is probably not the right word, those laws made and make sense, we still utilize them even more in the last two years because the world is not as it's supposed to be. But if you read the Gospels, you will see Jesus rolling back the curse everywhere that he goes. Why? And this is where certain kinds of preachers, including this one, sometimes would say, so that we would imitate Christ. 
I'm sure there's good in considering how we imitate Christ that we might love well. But we're people who sin. We are people with limits. And I think it is more important that we see Jesus and allow our mind and our affections to be moved by who he is in coming after us and loving us. By faith we receive from him and then live in the light of who he is. And he is compassionate. And then what happens is our sight is changed. Because what would we do naturally with people that we see? I think the human condition is one where we, as, we view others as people to be used. And I don't mean that in a harsh way. I mean we expect them to treat us a certain way. They expect them to not make our day worse. We have expectations of our children, and that is good. <laughs> we have expectations of our parents, friends, and coworkers. But if you're a follower of Christ, where we begin is this is a person who's made in the image of God. And we're freed from beginning with what can they do for me. I was on the train yesterday going to and from Presbytery. I love taking the train. I love Amtrak. And I had a very bad experience with a conductor. And I missed my stop. And um, he said it was totally my fault. That turned out to be partly true. And I was getting off the train, calling an Uber to go back to the train station. I was upset. Those of you that, can, that know me well or can read body language can tell I'm still upset. Because I'm a Christian, what I said to him was, there's a way that you could have communicated that to me that would have been easier for me to hear. And he goes, do you want to get off the train or not? And I was like, okay. It's a binary option for me to yell at him, punch him in the esophagus, or simply get off the train. And I got off the train. And I'm obviously still reacting to that in some ways, but as a follower of Christ, when our minds and our hearts are gripped by his compassion, and make no mistake, I'm deliberately talking about this in the present tense because Christians believe Jesus is in heaven right now, bodily. And he is that compassionate. Then I moved to follow his teachings. Go through Matthew 5. Jesus knows my temptation to call that man a name. And he guides me away from that. And the, the knowledge that his heart is compassionate helps me to receive that command to not call that man a name. And maybe you're a much more mature human than me and you can process all that, but I need not only his teachings, but to know something about his compassionate heart which motivates me. Jesus sees and then he touches if you read the Gospels, it is incredible how Jesus moves towards those in pain. They're in pain for uh, tons of reasons. Acute pain and chronic pain, as in physical. Grief. Societal pain. Loneliness. And Jesus moves towards them. The pain of others doesn't make him nervous. It does me. 
I have had to learn the very important skill of sitting with you when you're in pain. Lynn Schoenhart and I were talking about this a few months ago, and she read me a quote and said, the bravest thing you can say is, and I just said nothing. It was actually a different quote, making a different point in the book, but then we ended up having a very interesting conversation because most of the time, what we're supposed to say to someone in pain is very little. And I think I've learned the skill okay. Jesus is not uncomfortable. He doesn't need to fix. I am by nature a fixer and a doer. Some of you are like that, and you're like, isn't everyone? Nope, but some of us are. I have convinced people to borrow my car when they didn't need it. (laughs) I convinced someone who owned a truck to borrow my truck. That's how much I'm naturally a fixer. I'm working on it. I have good friends that call me on it. My wife's very gentle and clear. She is. I'm serious. Some of us would want to focus on other stuff if we're sitting with someone in pain, right? We want to change the subject. Or we disassociate. We compartmentalize it. Some of you are great at that, and I, I, wish, I wish I could do it. Sometimes I can. Not Jesus. And the reason that the pain of other people did not make Jesus uncomfortable is he is compassionate. His divine self is overflowing with compassion. When the leper says to him, Jesus, if you will, he's talking about Jesus' motivation. He's talking about what flows out of you, what gets you up in the morning. Who are you? Jesus' humanity is entirely full of compassion. And it's not an enabling compassion. He's not naive about the world. Parents, it's essential that you be compassionate to your children. Of course, that's not the only thing that you do as parents. You have to teach them how to be humans in this crazy world, how to be kind without being overly nice, how to not call evil good or good evil. You also are called to be compassionate towards them. And Jesus has no trouble. We have trouble. He has no trouble being fully compassionate and also all the other things. And if you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you will regularly see Jesus interacting with people through touch. This requires wisdom and communication to both do it and to do it without frightening or um, harming others. But it's important. I, I remember hearing secondhand when I was in St. Louis a man who was single, and it's the only time anyone touched him was when he got his hair cut. And it's not supposed to be that way. Regardless of your status in the world or how many people live in your home, you need some hugs. And I know that sounds like a Hallmark card, but notice in the Gospels, Jesus regularly touches people who no one else would touch for legitimate reasons, and yet it's part of community, which Jesus needed. How much more than do we need it? Jesus moved towards the lonely, the ostracized people in physical and emotional pain because it's who he is. He sees and he touches and he heals. Why does he heal? Because it's his will. That's both the question that the man asked him and Jesus' response. Both focus upon 
what flows out of you naturally? What's in your guts, Jesus? Compassion. I used to have a, a number of books on my shelves in my office about marriage, and I don't anymore because they actually harmed my marriage. They were too tactical. They were too stereotypical. Most of you know this, I think. I'm pretty emotional. My wife has emotions. She's not as emotionally wired. Almost all the books assumed it was the opposite. But you know what has helped us? Is to really converse about our motivations. Knowing them, not just what we do, but why we do it has been incredibly helpful to my communication with my wife. That's why I'm teaching this series this way. To the extent that our minds and our hearts are gripped by and even understand the motivation of God, we're moved. We trust him that much more easily and quickly. Jesus was bothered by, moved by the pain of others because he is compassionate. And he did take action to heal this man because he's compassionate. And everywhere he went, we learn what the world is supposed to be like and will be like after he returns. Jesus sees, he touches, and he heals because he's compassionate. And if you know that he's compassionate, when he challenges you, and you cannot read the Sermon on the Mount without being challenged, you cannot look at the Ten Commandments without being challenged about your temptations to sin. It's impossible. If you know that he's compassionate, it is easier to receive his commands. Jesus tells a story about a man with a barn, meaning he had some savings. And that man spent too much time thinking about his savings by building a second barn. So if you day trade, and that's part of your job, this application is not going to matter to you, but for the rest of us, how often do you look at your 401k? There's an implicit command that we can look at it too much and thereby get our confidence from it. If we know that Jesus is compassionate, then we can receive that teaching. Jesus pushes back in a way that convicts 99% of us about our lust. If we know that he's compassionate, we receive his challenge to avoid lust in our eyes and with our hands as a provision, a way of life, a way of avoiding death. Jesus is regularly, especially in the book of Luke, challenges our temptations to greed and our temptation away from generosity. If we know he's compassionate, then we're actually kind of excited to avoid our greed and to move towards generosity. <laughs> In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talks about letting your yes be yes and your no be no. And I'm just going to share something with you. I love to cancel plans because I get tired. And Jesus' words about letting your yes be yes and your no be no convict me. Years ago at Presbytery, I agreed to go to a dinner with a guy, and then I got excited by all the cool kids were going to go to this place, and they finally invited me, and I was excited. I was like, let's go with them. And I didn't have dinner with them, with him. 
It took him like two years to forgive me, and I'm like, you're a pastor. Anyway, this particular presbytery, I was supposed to have dinner with two people, and one of them wasn't able to go to presbytery because he had forgotten about a wedding, and I was tempted to cancel my plans because the same thing happens. The cool kids wanted to go to this fish restaurant. It sounded amazing. And I'm like, no. And if you can't relate to that, good. I'm so glad that you have never wanted to cancel plans with anyone. But for me, it's convicting. And there are reasons to cancel plans. That's not what I'm getting at. Introverts, it's okay. We know you need your energy. I'm serious. We know you need your energy. We're so thankful when you show up. But that one could have been workshopped a little bit better before it made it into the sermon. I apologize if that was offensive. I'm just, I'm still learning. Jesus' words convict me. And knowing that he's compassionate makes that conviction actually sweet and not bitter. Would you pull that quote up, Brian? But what is the sweetest about his compassion is we receive it even more fully through the Holy Spirit than the man with leprosy did. This is from Dane Ortland's lovely little book, Gentle and Lowly. Jesus Christ is closer to you today than he was to the sinners and sufferers he spoke with and touched in his earthly ministry. Through his spirit, Christ's own heart envelops his people with an embrace nearer and tighter than any physical embrace could ever achieve. His actions on earth in a body reflected his heart. The same heart now acts in the same way towards us, for we are now his body. The heart of Jesus comforts you. And if it's not comforting you in this moment, it's my fault. And ask, because I'm the one preaching on it. So ask Jesus that you receive and actually feel and understand his compassionate heart enveloping you. And behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him saying, I will be clean because he overflows with compassion. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your patience with us. As we avoid your love, as we distract ourselves, as we act out, Jesus, we are so thankful that you are a compassionate and loving Savior. Would you help us to receive that and live in its light for your glory, the good of others, and even for our own blessing. Amen.